the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. With Gene and with Chris, we're back at the Paracast. And you know, we've had so many great shows lately. We keep thinking we can't top that. But as you'll hear later, I think we've topped it once again. Now, as you might know, we're getting lots and lots of comments about Ray Stanford and his appearance on the Paracast on May 18th. And of course, some of those are basic demands that Stanford disclose what he has because he's getting on in years, and if he doesn't do that, now, when is he going to do it? In fact, I wonder about this, and I didn't want to be morbid about it, Chris. Does he have a game plan there of what's going to happen if he's no longer around? Would his wife release the information? What would he do? You know, that's a really good question, Gene. I'm, I'm, I really can't, in all honesty, answer that emphatically. I, I really don't know. I've never really broached the subject with him. The only time his uh, mortality has come up is in the context of Ray. Uh, the clock is tick. You know, you don't have an infinite amount of time here to get this information out. And I've constantly been cheerleading him to finally put an end to his analytical process and really concentrate on getting this information out to peer review. But, you you know, I think it's a very valid point. Uh, you know, what is going to happen to, to this incredible, um, you know, treasure trove of historical data, uh, meticulously uh, documented, I might add. You know, I think his wife maybe uh, would be the the executor of any sort of, I'm just going on an assumption here, I don't know this, but I, I would assume that Sheila would be in charge of disseminating uh, his work and uh, also the one of the most incredible collections of pre-Columbian art, meteorites, uh, obviously the largest collection of dinosaur uh, tr uh, trace evidence ever found. Uh, his house is a museum, and it really deserves a wing in a museum uh, somewhere. And uh, he has uh, mentioned in the past that much of his physical um, uh, collection will probably end up in some sort of a museum or, or a wing of some museum, that sort of thing. And, and justifiably so. I mean, just w walking through his house is, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter where you look. There's just incredible artifacts and, and art and just you name it. I mean, he has so many dinosaur tracks in his house. He, he has pathways uh, to get from rooms to rooms because there's so many of them displayed. And I mean, it's, it's quite amazing uh, what the man has accomplished in the many years that he's been uh, diligently, you know, working his various uh, passionate uh, subjects in his research. And I think it's important uh, that obviously there's some sort of game plan in place for, you know, the obvious uh, time when he's going to not be here to, to be uh, the one that's going to be in control of it. So it's a very valid question. I, I think the time is probably uh, ripe now. I think he's turning 76 or 77 here uh, in June. So, you know, uh, that's a subject that needs to be broached. You know, I think about mortality because of the fact that my brother-in-law, Stephen, that's Stephen Beiser, and he was a guest on the Paracast as an expert in currency back in 2009 when we were talking about monetary conspiracies, and he's contracted pancreatic cancer. And the prospects look pretty favorable. I hate to be 
overly optimistic or pessimistic. We're just kind of hedging our bets. He's undergoing therapy and everything. He's gone to one of the best hospitals in the nation, the Mayo Clinic, one of the facilities in Arizona. So we hope things will be okay. But he's 67. And he's facing what is obviously a life-threatening illness. And now we've got Ray Stanford, who's in his late 70s. He's had heart problems, correct? Yeah, he has. Okay, so I just hope, if Ray is listening, please, man, you got this information, disclose it. I mean, some of our listeners are already expressing skepticism, as they have every time Ray's been on the show. (laughs) I think you're being kind, Gene. Well, I am trying to understate the obvious. They're skeptical because there are a lot of people in a lot of fields, particularly in the paranormal field, they claim to have evidence of one sort or another, and they never seem to get around to disclosing it. There's always a reason. But we realize that Ray has disclosed some of it, so it's high time, and we're seeing more and more of what he says to be correct. So when it comes to paleontology, for example, The Washington Post did a story about him a couple of years back about his amazing ability to find things that professional scientists cannot find. Right. We have the fact that he was criticized at one point, Ray, for this question about what was the real insignia on the Saqqara, New Mexico UFO. And it's now been confirmed, as Ray stated, with government documents that it was the decision of the Air Force investigators to change it, partly because they didn't want to have that fuel fake UFO cases. Exactly. On the other hand, in retrospect, it was a ridiculous decision because has there been another UFO anywhere with an insignia that resembles either the fake one or the real one? Not to my knowledge, but that doesn't mean that they're not out there. You know, we can't be aware of every description of every UFO event. But to my knowledge, no, there have been some that were close, but none exactly as stated by by Zamora. Yes, it seems when you try to put things that he says to the test, you know, he comes up looking pretty good. He does. Uh, Of course, there's also lots of questions about his past when he uh, uh, was surrounded by a lot of people that really uh, felt that he was gifted with certain uh, insights and in, in one sense of the word, psychic abilities. And I think in the late 60s, He started to fall out of that and uh, really began to concentrate more on gathering physical evidence and scientific evidence that could be uh, studied and uh, possibly provide diagnostic insight into propulsion systems and and, and that sort of, you know, avenue of investigation and research. But yeah, I mean, you know, I I was involved in in a rock and roll band in New York, and I did some things that I probably, uh, you know, wouldn't be proud of to talk about. Does that mean that those events and uh, and maybe bad choices uh, that I made uh, 40 years ago, should that be held against me today? Should that, you know, in some way uh, impugn my work in stalking the herd, you know, about the cattle mutilation phenomenon? No, no. We all ebb and flow uh, through the times that we live in. And if someone has uh, particular, you know, heightened abilities uh, for uh, perception, for visual acuity and those sorts of things, if I had those abilities, I'd, I'd probably be dressed in a blue turban, uh, speaking in a you know a fake uh, Pakistani accent, uh, you know, pontificating about all sorts of uh, end of the world scenarios and, and whatnot. So, you know, you can't. Swami Chris, we got Swami O'Brien. How about that, Swami O'Brien? Or give you some kind of more exotic name. O'Brien is a pretty conventional. You put name. your brain in the bull? Yes, no. 
You know, the people here who are listening who are of Indian descent are going to be upset. We live in such a politically correct society now. In the old days, you can do an accent of any race, ethnic group. It didn't matter. As long as in the spirit of good fun and respect, we accept it. Now, hmm, who knows? Listen, today we have quite a guest. I know you were talking to me about his background, and I thought we had five shows here. So in the remaining minute of this segment, tell us more about George Wingfield. Well, you know, I don't know. He, the man is an enigma. Uh, he's a very well-educated Englishman uh, who was one of the first real crop circle researchers in the 80s with uh, Colin Andrews, Pat Delgado, and a handful of others. He's soured on that particular field of inquiry and has... Uh, Maintained a presence uh, for at least 25, 30 years at the Eureka Springs Conference every year. But um, I don't think he's ever written a book. I don't think he's he's contributed material uh, to books. He co-authored, I think, a book fairly recently on UFOs. But the man is an enigma. I think the, the more time uh, goes, you know, water goes under the bridge, uh, the more, uh, how would I put this? The more he becomes like you and me, Jane. He's very very doubtful about the claims of, of certain individuals in the field that have gotten a lot of press. So we're going to have a fun time. George has been there and been taking notes for a long time. You know what? Let's have him open up his notebook and tell us more. George Wingfield coming up next with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. Adam Miller here with Midas Resources. Today, May 21st, 2014, gold opened at 1288.50. A one ounce gold coin can be purchased for 1335.40, 667.70 for a half ounce, or 333.85 for a quarter ounce. That's 1335.40, 667.70, and 333.85. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? Wait a sec. Gold and silver is going up while Congress is trying to settle on the next debt increase. And there's no end to this madness. That old 401k and IRA can be converted into physical gold without tax consequences. I explain this in my book, 10 Reasons to Buy Gold. Don't let time slip away. Call for your free copy today, 800-686-2237. Get away from that Washington spin and get honest answers about gold. 800-686-2237. The book is free, 800-686-2237. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. 
General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right, General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right, that's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows you can't afford to wait so call 866-91-STEEL lock in your price now call 866-91-STEEL that's 866-917-8335 question could too many gmo foods and toxins be overloading your digestive and immune systems answer yes if you're searching for a powerful detox that's gentle enough to use every day use pro em1 from terraganics Pro-EM-1 is a powerful liquid probiotic that uses good bacteria to suppress pathogens and gently eliminate toxins from your body. A healthy digestive system will cleanse and remove toxins, support weight loss, improve absorption of food nutrients, and aid in controlling yeast and other infections. Pro-EM-1 is made with only non-GMO and certified organic ingredients, has no preservatives, and is dairy, soy, wheat, and gluten-free. Pro-EM-1 is the key to your digestive health. Order Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganics.com. Dot com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X dot com. Or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Also available through Amazon Prime. Pro EM1 from Terraganics. Life's getting better. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. We welcome to the Paracast for his first appearance on the show, George Wingfield. Welcome to the Paracast, George. Hi, Gene. I was looking here over your background, and you've been in lots of elements in terms of paranormal research. And I don't know, I have a pretty crazy background myself, and we were talking about Chris's background as a musician before he got involved in the Mysterious Valley research and such. But can you tell us how you got involved in these very unusual subjects? I got involved because I got involved with the crop circles back in 1987. And I was very fascinated. I spent a lot of time trying to figure out what was going on and what this was all about. I have a science background, and I was coming from that point of view. I met all sorts of different people who wanted to explain the crop circles in various different ways, such as uh, UFOs and a lot of new age interpretation of the crop circles and things of this kind. And I researched the crop circles for about, let me see, for about uh, six or seven years. And I came to the conclusion in 1994, that's exactly, um, what, 20 years ago, that the crop circles in England were almost entirely made by people. And I found the names of many of the people who were making them. They made them secretly, of course. And I wrote an article way back then, 1994 giving details of what I'd uncovered. And after that, I didn't really do very much more with the crop circles. I left the crop circles alone 
after about 1996, I left them alone and uh, became interested in other subjects such as UFOs. Okay, with crop circles, you then felt that that was a resolved issue. Well, let's put it this way. I don't give you a blanket solution for anything. Uh, I won't give you a blanket solution for crop circles, for UFOs, for cattle mutilations. But I will say that, in my opinion, you know, 95% of crop circles, maybe 99%, I can't put an exact figure on it, are man-made. And I'll leave it at that, and I'm not particularly interested in that subject anymore. Um, we, We can talk some more about it if you like. And then when it gets to UFOs, um, that's much more complex and there are very many different aspects to that and different kinds of UFOs. And uh, we could could take up a whole two or three or more hours talking about UFOs. With the cattle mutilations, um, I sent you an article which I'd written saying that, uh, in my opinion, the vast majority of the mutilations – are perfectly explainable. And the reason people haven't understood previously, because they've made the uh, assumption that whatever killed the wretched animal also mutilated it. That's simply not true. It may apply to some cases, but in general, it's a different agency which mutilates the carcass to whatever killed the beast. And this makes a huge difference in understanding uh, what's going on. All right. So you raised the response there in general terms. So, okay. Who is killing the cattle and who who is mutilating the cattle? All right. Two separate questions. This is is fine. Depending on uh, where you are and what year you're in, uh, I could produce a pie chart. Now, I don't have accurate figures, but there are, I think I listed uh, 12 possible reasons for the cattle deaths. And uh, number one reason was natural causes, which could be disease or heart failure or, or so on. And there are a lot of things I could discuss all of those. Then there are predator attacks. Uh, that, that accounts for quite a number of cattle killed. Uh, then there are criminal killings, which may be done by delinquents or hunters who can't find any deer to shoot, things of this kind. People do shoot cattle. And I think possibly even the military shoot cattle. But, okay, and and then there are um, other reasons for shooting cattle, uh, which I have discussed, and uh, possible sampling programs. I don't see any reason at all to believe that the aliens are killing cattle and mutilating them. (laughs) Oh, I'm glad I heard you say that, George. Well, uh, one of the reasons I'm I'm here is, and I've agreed to come on the podcast because I feel that I should speak up for the aliens. Uh, for forty years, they've got a really bad rap, and they've been accused of killing and mutilating thousands of cattle all over America by certain people. You you can think you can think who's made this accusation. And at the same time, I, I think I ought to speak up for Satanists, the Satanists of America wish to say they've also been accused of uh, these terrible mutilations of cattle. And there is no truth in these accusations. <laughs> well, yeah, I think we're getting uh, the cart ahead of the horse here a little bit. Um, before we thing. dive into the mutilation mystery. Uh, if... let, let me add one thing to that. Let me add one thing. To okay. That. Okay. Uh, I should, this is a confession. I must confess that I have mutilated 
cattle myself. And I step forward and I plead guilty oh my. to cattle mutilation in the state of Arizona. And if you want to ask me about that, uh, I'll tell you all the details. Well, I mean, you can't dangle that one in front of us and not have us uh, immediately follow up with that. So <laughs> when were you in Arizona and why on earth were you mutilating cattle? Besides going to your local McDonald's here in Phoenix or something. Uh, no, I wasn't murdering a Big Mac in the local McDonald's. Not in that sense. No, I was mutilating real living cattle. And the reason being was that uh, back in 1988, which is the year I first came to this country, I am British, of course, as I think quite a few people realize. I came to America. I worked for IBM in Dallas, Texas. And I then uh, took uh, quite a long vacation touring around Arizona. During some of this, I stayed with my cousins who ran a big cattle ranch, um, pretty well dead center of the state of Arizona. And there I had my brief career as a cowboy. It was very brief. It was intentionally brief. And um, Yeah, George, that, that's a scary thought. You as a cowboy. Me as a cowboy. Well... I bought the I bought all the kit, the boots, the belt, the the hat, the everything in in Dallas, Texas, and I thought I really ought to do this. And since my cousins ran this ranch, I said, "Right, here am I. I'm volunteering as a cowboy." And I tell you, they they got us up to go out on Roundup, which I did a few times, uh, five o'clock in the morning, and you had um, you're riding these beat up old horses, uh, Western style. I was dressed in all the right kit, and I went out and spent all day running up cattle in the desert. Now, in central Arizona, uh, this is a place called Bloody Basin, which is on the Verde River. Just south of where I am, George. But where are you? I'm in Camp Verde. You're in Camp Verde? Oh, my yes. God. I know Camp Verde. <laughs> well, I had no idea you're in Camp Verde. Uh, Bloody Basin is just up and over the hill from me. All right. Okay. Well, to get to... <laughs> you may know the ranch. You may know the ranch. To get to the ranch where I was a cowboy. We you... also want to find out more about this in our next segment, how you mutilated cattle. Okay. And why you didn't get caught. We have George Wingfield joining us. Lots more to cover with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Great minds think alike. The network for the independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Is there a secret UFO agenda? Do strange creatures from the darkest corners of the mind roam the Earth? Is there evidence for mind control, time travel, or devious government conspiracies? Find out the inside scoop on the latest conspiracies, paranormal activity, and Freudian phenomena when you subscribe to Tim Beckley's Conspiracy Journal. It's jam-packed with stories, special book and DVD promotions, and the best news, it's absolutely free, sent right to your mailbox. Plus, a bonus free email newsletter sent out every Friday. Simply send an email with your name and address to MrUFO at WebTV.net. That's MrUFO at webtv.net find out what they don't want you to know we live in a complicated society stressful issues are always popping up have you ever been treated unfairly by someone 
Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE, 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey Light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1 886 3653. That's 1 886 3653. Or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. Springtime is save big time at Herbal Healer Academy. Long-term customers know spring is the time to stock up at HerbalHealer.com. And for new customers, welcome to the web's best place to save on vitamins, minerals, and more. Log on for spring specials, including our 500 parts per million colloidal silver, all sizes on sale. Choose from Herbal Healer's great variety of weight loss products like apple cider vinegar, hoodia and metabolic complex, and pro-metabolic, all on sale now. Also, the anti-parasite intestinal freedom and Warwood Plus complex, plus stevia liquid sweetener and the super enzymes, all on sale for spring at HerbalHealer.com. As always, we offer certificate correspondence courses in natural medicine. Enjoy same-day shipping and free online newsletter. Log on now to HerbalHealer.com and click on Spring Specials to save big with our nation's leader in supplying quality natural medicine and education since 1988, Herbal Healer Academy. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. All right, so George Wingfield worked at a ranch near where Chris is living now, but they never met in those days. Okay, I'll tell you, tell you, the name of the ranch is Horseshoe Ranch, and to get there, you take take a turning off I-17, pretty well, I think at Bumblebee is where you turn, I don't know if you know Bumblebee. Oh, yeah. Okay, you you turn off onto um, a gravel road there, and you drive about... um, 25 miles into the desert and the ranch big ranch is on the banks on on the bank of the Verde river and uh, that was where i did my cowboy stuff and having rounded up cattle 
there were certain things the cowboys had to do. There were several of us, and we got them all in a big stockade. We drove them down a, a chute, sort of metal gangway, clamped them uh, to keep them still, and then we had three tasks to do. First of all, I'd brand them, the Red Hot branding iron. Next, you would inject them with a huge hypodermic. Yeah, absolutely huge. It was about probably 18 inches long and four inches in diameter. It had a lot of stuff in it, antibiotics and stuff. And the third task was to uh, clip their horns off. Now, you have a huge pair of sharp shears, and these poor animals, you, you clip both horns off until you've really got a flat stump. And the blood pours out of the roots of the horns. Okay, well, this is mutilating cattle in two different ways, certainly. Uh, branding them and clipping their horns off. Yeah, yes. those poor beasts. I can tell you, they, they, they hollered and they bellowed and the, the noise was unbelievable. The smell was unbelievable. The hiss of the branding iron and the, the, the smell of burning flesh. And the poor beasts must have thought they were being murdered or tortured in the most barbaric way. That's mutilation. And so I do have some background in the beef industry, if you like. The, the yep, as, as do I, George. I helped out every year uh, dehorning, inoculating, castrating, and branding right. the herd. Well, sure. Castrating is well, one of the things I didn't do. I, I wasn't around at the right time for that. Yeah, but, that's early. Uh, but Basically, these, these cattle, they, they were um, bought uh, from down in Mexico, just over the border, and they were trucked up to Bushy Ranch, and they were on the, on the ranch probably for, about, probably for about a year, and you had one steer on 10 acres. How about that? There's an awful lot of land uh, out there called Intermediate Desert. There's enough food for them to find to live okay up there. But, um, okay, uh, on to the cowboy bit. My, my cowboy career was very brief, intentionally. There were several unexplained animal deaths on the ranch. I didn't actually see any at that time back in 1988. I didn't really know much about this subject. Uh, there were, and mutilations um, resulted. It was thought that the uh, unexplained animal cattle deaths were caused by a mountain lion, and um, that's almost certainly correct. In that instance, okay, other places, other cases, it might have been something else. It's not always a predator. There are a lot of illnesses too. And one of the other, just before we leave that one, uh, I said uh, every single steer was injected with this huge sort of mix out of a big hypodermic, uh, which contained a lot of antibiotic, and that may have killed many steers, because the antibiotic can clear out a lot of the um, bacteria from the large intestine, and that would allow something called clostridium to go mad in there and bring on a terrible uh, condition, which could a lot of, you know, diarrhea and pain and uh, nausea. De yeah, depending on which of the 19 forms of clostridia happened to be opportunistic at the time. That's right. And certain, certain cattle seem to be completely impervious to it. Others um, suffer terribly and even die. But the thing you're talking about here is not so much what we would call mutilation, but you're just 
talking about what ends up being a way to abuse cattle in the way we handle them and prepare them for slaughter. That's true. But I'm also saying... That well, he's also many- talking about, uh, you know, possible explanations for sure the 2% of all cattle uh, on the planet, 1.37 billion, 2% of them die every year sure. from various sure. causes. And Clostridia is a, is a real major uh, cause of death in the cattle industry, especially in the uh, Southwest. Yeah, I, w- I was just going to say that. I-, I think during the 70s, there was something like 150 million cattle uh, in America. Nowadays, about 80 million. Um, an awful lot of these are in feedlots and stockyards. But if you consider the rest who are out, in the, out on the range or in pastures all over the country, um, the wastage rate, for whatever reason, um, is perhaps one percent, maybe two percent. I don't know. That's an awful lot of, awful lot of carcasses uh, which you're going to find. Uh, uh, Correct. Out on the range. And my other point is, I said, okay, the mutilations are separate, and I believe uh, very firmly that most of the mutilations can be explained by avian scavengers and in particular vultures. So why do we have people who think there's some kind of paranormal explanation that maybe E.T. is doing it? Well, I think because, and obviously it's a mystery, you, 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 go, out, you go out in some remote pasture and there is a, a carcass. And very often, if it's been there for any length of time, if it's been there for even 12 hours, not just... 24 hours, it's mutilated, and the mutilations are done by by birds, mainly vultures. Well, I think that's perfectly Yeah, but, but vultures, also uh, raptors, magpies are a big one in the Rocky Mountains. Sure. Uh, there's various animal, uh, you know, feathered creatures that are obviously uh, opportunistic and, and look for, you know, an easy snack. And, of course, the first way they're going to attack the animal is in you know, attack the soft tissue organs. That's right. Absolutely right. Sure. And the vultures in particular, which are big, big birds, they have a six-foot wingspan, the turkey vultures. Um, They sort of cruise, they glide endlessly on thermals very high up. As soon as they see uh, a fresh corpse, a carcass, uh, they will go right down for uh, to get stuck in to eating the soft tissues, you say. And yep. very often, yep. there are several of them at a time. There might be five or six. Well, or there's, <laughs> if there's one, there's going to be two. If there's two, there's going to be ten, <laughs> basically. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely right. Yeah, but, I, but, but again, George, you know, uh, anyone out there in the audience that's, um, you know, has any sort of interest in this subject, especially those who have read my book, Stalking the Herd, uh, understand that there is a natural process that occurs in nature when an animal dies out on the range. And sure. uh, if an amateur comes along and sees what is fairly mundane scavenger action, it yeah. appears high strange, especially if they've read an article in the paper stating that there's cattle mutilations in our, our neck of the woods here. And That's so right. that has a tendency to... Uh, you know, to get people looking and, and, and people that aren't veterinary pathologists uh, that don't have the training are, are not aware, you know, in toto what they're seeing. So, yes, that, that does explain a sizable percentage of cases. I'll be the first one to admit that. And I've been saying this for many years. Of course, 
you know, we could get into the whole subject of why certain individuals in the field have used this particular mystery as a sensational way to create headlines and create a career. Uh, did I say that, Gene? I think uh, you said it, and I think we're going to run out of time with this segment, but I'd like to pick up on that in our next segment, maybe, George, where let's talk about it. Let's name the names of the people who have glommed on to the subject of cattle mutilations and that the fact is they are exploiting it for their own gain, not to solve a mystery. Let's get into that. Next segment with Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are GCN. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Imagine an acne treatment breakthrough that even Proactive says is better than Proactive. Announcing all new Proactive Plus, the revolutionary new way to clear your skin from the number one name in acne care. Proactive Plus is our best, most effective solution ever. And when you call 1-800-721-4255 today, you can have it tomorrow. Proactive Plus is the modern acne miracle that treats your skin beautifully. The plus means more. More precise, targeted medicine for faster, gentler acne prevention. And more skin-loving solutions so your complexion can look bright and beautiful. I am just so happy with Proactive Plus. I don't think my skin has ever looked this good. Call 1-800-721-4255. Be one of the first to try Proactive Plus. Guaranteed 100% risk-free. You won't see this limited-time offer on TV. It's a radio exclusive. 1-800-721-4255. 1-800-721-4255. Americans have always been ready to defend, to serve, and to honor those who defended and are defending all of us. So this month, the freeze-dry guy honors and serves Americans with our meat, rice, and potato sale. Our unit includes four number 10 cans of quality Mountain House cooked diced beef, ground beef, diced chicken, white rice, and two cans of FDG dehydrated diced potatoes. 158 servings per case unit. And during the freeze-dry guy's meat, rice, and potato sale, get one case for only $1.79. Two cases for only three or get three cases for only $5.15 and all come with lots of valuable freebies. For details, click freezedryguy.com and hurry. Sale ends soon. Go to freezedryguy.com or call 866-404-3663. That's 866-404-FOOD. Plus, free shipping to the lower 48 states from the Freeze Dry Guy. The finest freeze-dried and dehydrated foods available anywhere for long-term storage. 
Ouch! My back is out again. Hi, Dr. Ortman with Wellspring Spinal Care. If you're experiencing neck, mid, or lower back pain, this information is for you. One of the complaints that I hear is patients receive their typical adjustment, only having to repeat them as the pain returns. Putting the bones back in place is only half of the battle. At Wellspring Spinal Care, we have the entire solution. We use the NUCA approach, utilizing three-dimensional x-rays and gentle touch technology to deliver specific correction. We then design a custom nutritional supplement program which provides essential nutrients targeting the areas of concern. With a NUCA approach and proper nutrition, you'll be on your way to a faster and more permanent recovery. To get you on the road to wellness, visit DrOrtman.com. That's Dr. O-R-T-M-A-N.com. Or call us today, 952-303-9124. That's 952-303-9124. Wellspring Spinal Care, chiropractic done right. Hello, this is John Burroughs, one of the witnesses to the Rendlesham UFO incident. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, so when it comes to cattle mutilations, the point being here is that you can find conventional explanations all over the place, but some people say it's some kind of unknown paranormal phenomenon, it's creatures from another dimension it's the ufo people let's name the names george why are they doing this and who are they obviously the first name up is linda moulton hart she's been putting this over for ever since 1983 and uh i got that right yes 1983 where are we now 1979 a strange harvest yeah a Strange Harvest and An Alien Harvest and subsequent books uh, by her, which have taken this direction. Funny enough, I've got a... But you say, well, where did she get this idea from? Well, I can tell you exactly where she got it from. She got it from a pretty sort of dubious character called Richard Doty, who was an AFOSI man in Albuquerque, New Mexico. That's Air Force Office of Special intelligence i think how i got that right well you know it might be intelligence in that case is an oxymoron linda when she first started covering this back in the late 70s the first person she called was tom adams and i think the second person she called was david perkins your very uh good friend who you've known for many years and it wasn't until later in the 80s that linda got involved in what We've discussed uh, on a number of occasions here at the Paracast uh, some disinformation programs. Let's talk about Tom Adams and her original investigative work back in, in 78, 79, when she was a uh, environmental news reporter for, uh, I think it was the CBS or NBC affiliate in Denver. Can I just give you, first of all, a quote, uh, a two-line quote out of Linda's book, An Alien Harvest? Uh, she says, Doty claimed the government and ETs have made an agreement. The aliens could conduct animal mutilations and human abductions in exchange for teaching U.S. experts about alien advanced technologies. Part of the government's deal was to provide the ETs land for a base. We can spend a whole year just talking about Richard Doty. Sure. Well, he's a crook. And uh, if we're going to say this to somebody... Because we don't want to get involved in anything that might become legal. Why do you say he's dishonest? Well, this was quite clearly now. You, you can look at it in great detail. This was disinformation. 
or disinformation deliberately fed to various sort of uh, UFO researchers and people at that time. He, he was working with a guy called Robert Collins. We don't hear much about Robert Collins. They appeared on TV, I think, Doty and Collins as Condor and Falcon. There's, there's a lot of, it wasn't just Doty, but he, he was the tip of the iceberg, which was gen generally unseen. And this information was uh, fed to Paul Benevitz and uh, William Moore worked with Doty and helped him disseminate disinformation. George, we've we've covered this many times on the Paracast. We've had Greg uh, Valdez on, Greg Bishop, who right. of course wrote the great book Project Beta about the Benowitz case. But I'm wondering about an article that I remember reading by Brother Blue uh, talking about the aviary. And um, he mentioned a whole list of names. Ron Pandolfi, who was the head of the science and technology desk for the CIA. Of course, Kit Green, uh, sure. uh, John Alexander. C.B. Scott uh, Jones. But uh, in the article, you're mentioned as a possible uh, member of the aviary as well. Uh, Dan Smith uh, corrected, I think, uh, Brother Blue and said, oh, no, George Wingfield is Nightingale. What was your response to that? I've, I've never heard you actually uh, I said, comment on uh, that. He's right insofar as I'm a member of the aviary. Uh, my name was Mockingbird. But um, various people wanted to make me Nightingale, and somewhere out there on the internet is along some discussion as to whether I'm Mockingbird or Nightingale. Regardless <laughs> of whether you're Mockingbird, Nightingale, or anything else, how did you get involved with this? How did I get involved with it? It was because um, uh, when I first um, when I first got involved with the crop circles, I came to this country. I, I gave a number of lectures on crop circles and of course UFOs were in, into that mix at the time and I was in um, I think uh, let's say uh, in Washington DC in 1992 April first time I'd ever visited Washington DC and arrangements were made for me to meet a number of gentlemen from the CIA um, the chief of which was Ron Pandolfi otherwise known as the Pelican and uh, <laughs> um, I wasn't actually initiated into the aviary, but uh, in a very joking fashion, I said, well, of course, I'm Mockingbird. And uh, whether people took that on or whether anything came from that, I don't know. I, I went to lunch with these five CIA men, and actually I took a picture of them, which is uh, bad practice and it was not expected. And I, I think that's been published on the Internet many years later. Um, I have a picture. And they were interested in, I thought they were going to be interested in crop circles, which I, why I'd been asked, but they weren't particularly interested in crop circles at all. They were interested in the people involved. They were interested in UFO people. They talked about Condor and Falcon. And uh, this was the, the main sort of focus as far as I could see. I could really take off on this one. Um, while you were in DC in 92, didn't you have a daylight? A sighting of a UFO? Absolutely. It was a number of UFOs, and it was, um, there were other witnesses with me. There were two more with me. I even took a photograph of the, uh, the first UFO to appear, which was high in the sky, but this was definitely a UFO in the normal sense of the word. It wasn't, it wasn't an airplane or a satellite or a bird or anything, anything like that. It was a UFO. I'm still puzzled to this day, 
exactly what it was, and I can't say for certain that it was a craft or even any physical object. I mean, we're going off at a tangent here, but we can cover that another time if you want. But You know, I wanted I to get back to the aviary here, okay, because supposedly these people were involved in government disinformation efforts related to UFOs. So if you're part of the group, can we say you're involved in disinformation or were? No, no, you can't say that. I'm not really part of the group. The group was um, more, more of a joke uh, in uh, handing out names uh, to various people who, who, who are uh, looking at all this sort of stuff in, in the UFO area. And um, I think William Moore was one of the ones who made up quite a lot of the names. Uh, a lot of people got a name. John Alexander got a name. But um, no, I was well, never- I, I find it interesting that you should be Mockingbird and you've been uh, digging into the dirt in this field for uh, 25, 30, 30 years. I find it very interesting that that's the name that uh, that you have attached to your own involvement. I gave myself the name Mockingbird because uh, I saw the amusing side of some of this and the craziness of it all at that early stage. And I'll tell you what, before that UFO sighting, I, I remember it so well. I remember it to this day, and it's most peculiar. And I will probably write a write a book about this at some later stage. But um, that happened on April 13th, 1992, right over the Washington Monument. Uh, exactly two or three days earlier, I'd been at a UFO conference in Atlanta, Georgia. And for the very first time, I had met John Alexander, General Stubblebine, Ed Dames, and all those characters. And they talked about psychotronic warfare. Um, It suddenly occurred to me that uh, this UFO sighting might have been someone uh, playing games with my head with some uh, beam weapon from a distance. I have no way of proving that, and I I have no reason to think that. That that brings up the name Kit Green. Kit Green is Kit Green I never met. Kit Green had, uh, he was the predecessor of Ron Pandolfi at the uh, sort of uh, UFO desk. They didn't call it that. I forgot what they call it at the CIA. Science and technology. Science and technology. That's right. Uh, so isn't that weird? This all happened in just within a few days. Yeah. It's also the location where Ray Stanford has had uh, a, quite a number of very uh, sensational sightings that he's been able to document in greater or lesser ways, depending on the event. You know, this whole idea of the aviary and, you know, some of the cast of characters that, uh, you know, you you hear about. Of course, you mentioned John Alexander, uh, Richard Doty, Robert Collins. Jack Verona is another one that not many people, I think, out there are aware of or Jamie Shandera. Coming next week on the Paracast, we'll be featuring Ted Rowe of NARCAP, and we'll be covering some of the key sightings that the organization is investigating. We'll get into more details about this aviary and its members in our next segment. With George Wingfield joining Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. Free from the shackles of corporate America, we're the place for independent thinkers. GCN. 
Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, then carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Hi, Ted Anderson. I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So, the aviary, those people involved in alleged UFO disinformation or just having a lot of fun at the expense of other people or just having nothing to do on a Saturday night. So they go to the bar and they just talk and have some drinks or none of the above. George Wingfield. I think that uh, probably if anyone thought that the AVRL sat down solemnly together and discussed ways of spreading disinformation or uh, what they should do next or what they should tell the aliens, I think that's entirely wrong. I think these people were all interested in the subject in various ways or another. They uh, may have had agendas, probably separate agendas rather than all the same agenda. But my my particular interest is why was disinformation being fed via Richard Doty to all these people down in New Mexico? Uh, He was based in Albuquerque. Everything seemed to be going on around Albuquerque. Chris and um, I don't know if you were there, but there was this meeting in Albuquerque in 1979 about the mutilations. Uh, The Harrison Schmidt conference. No, that was before my time. Right, okay, well, Izzy was there, David Perkins was there. A lot of strange people came to that, probably including Richard Doty. And uh, whether a lot of this disinformation, all this stuff about mutilations, underground bases, uh, MJ-12, whether that was a lot 
of local initiative from Richard Doty and his people? Uh, I don't know. Maybe it came from Washington. Maybe this is all dished out from Washington. Uh, these guys were told to give this to Linda Howe and various others. We should discuss the uh, the Linda Howe connection between Richard Doty and these so-called aviary members. For our new listeners, folks that aren't quite up to speed on this particular scenario, Linda Howe was taken uh, by the Air Force uh, Office of Intelligence agent uh, Richard Doty. She wasn't allowed to record the conversation. She wasn't allowed to take notes. But uh, Doty laid a, a major... I, I think, psychological whammy on her, which affected her uh, to this day. As soon as she was done with the meeting, of course, she she scribbled a, uh, furiously uh, copious notes about the meeting. But essentially, yeah. uh, you know, this gives us a kind of a glimpse, a, a window into the thinking of a potential government agenda of disinformation back in the late 80s, mid to late 80s. And I, I think that, um, you know, George, you've been monitoring this for a long time. There's certain characters that, that seem to be lurking around in the background of a lot of these things. And Dan Smith is a name that keeps coming up. He contacted me early on in the early 90s. Uh, what do you think of, of Dan Smith? At uh, one time, I thought he was completely nuts. He uh, had a sort of double act with uh, Rosemary Guiley. It was either 91 or 92, I forget which. Uh, the two of them came over to England together to find out about the crop circles, to talk to everybody connected with the crop circles, to research what was really going on and what was happening. And they actually stayed at my house. They behaved very strangely. They sort of pretended to be a couple. They weren't a couple. But um, they made lots of recordings. They went asking people all sorts of stuff. And um, on one occasion, I had them staying there, and I was due to give a, give a lecture at some conference uh, on the next day, about 50 miles away. And in the morning, I said, all right, uh, okay, we got to move out now. And Dan Smith and Rosemary Guiley said, oh, well, they, they had some excuse. They, something had, their car had broken down or... I can't remember. They said, oh, we, we can't. We can't come now. Uh, is it okay if we stay another night? And I thought, oh, bloody hell. Uh, that's not what I wanted, but I let them do this, whether they went through my computer or uh, what. I don't know what they got up to, but they were the most uh, extraordinary couple, and they were closely connected with CIA people. I wouldn't say they worked for the CIA, but they were connected with quite a lot of people in, well, Dan uh, Smith, hold, hold on, George. Dan Smith is, you know, really good friends with Ron Pandolfi. As for 20 years, he's been reminding everybody. But Rosemary Guiley, uh, what sort of skinny do we have on her? Well, she was um, thick as thieves with Dan Smith back then in 91, 92. And she wrote a lot of articles on these subjects. She, she uh, certainly UFOs, crop circles, all sorts of paranormal things of this kind. And um, she, you know, the two of them worked as a team at the time they came to Britain. Interesting. <laughs> well, let's uh, fast forward a couple of years to 1994 and the disappearance of a, uh, a Navy ship, a destroyer that you were looking into. And I seem to remember a story that you, you gave a presentation at a conference and then were accosted and like physically assaulted by two... Uh, shadowy figures that told you to uh, cease and desist. 
Well, what was this, Chris? I don't remember this. Uh, oh, okay, good. I'm glad that's not true because, uh, or if it is true, I'm I'm interested to know why you don't think it's true. Uh, I remember hearing early on that you were investigating a case uh, involving the disappearance of, I, I think, a, a U.S. Navy destroyer, if I'm not mistaken. I'm, I'm going off the top of my head here. And that yeah, you were, uh, you know, pretty much given a wake-up call and told uh, not to dive into this. Is this true? No, I don't think this is true. I mean, the only disappearing ship I can think of is the alleged Philadelphia experiment, which I think the whole thing is is a, a hoax or unbelievable. Um, uh, you know what I'm talking about, I take it, and I don't think any of that was true. Right. Well, some people have said that John Keel and Ivan Sanderson came up with the original story as a joke at a party, and it it grew legs and uh, flew away. But well, uh, that, so, so you were not told to cease and desist any sort of uh, investigation or further follow up about no, that. No, I think this is just a story. I'll tell you a lot more about the disappearance of MH three seventy, but uh, th that's another topic. Well, you know what? Having raised it. Let's pursue it. Tell us okay. more. Okay. Okay. Well, very, 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 very briefly to sum it up, uh, what comes to me is the only possible explanation is that the captain of the airliner, who's Captain Sahari Ahmed Shah, he was a very skilled pilot. He, he was very senior in Malaysian Airlines. And he, um, I think, committed suicide uh, and took the whole plane with him uh, just to sum it up he he must have been the one he had to have been the one who turned off the transponder and the ACARS equipment which meant that the plane became invisible to this civilian air control and I believe uh, I can't prove this that he made some kind of a demand or threat to the Malaysian government and if they didn't do what he wanted uh, he, the, the airliner would never be seen again. And there was absolutely no chance uh, that they could do what he wanted, which uh, it has been suggested was to release the leader of the Malaysian opposition, who, who um, had been just convicted to five years in jail for a Trump, on a trumped-up charge of sodomy. And um, whether any message was received by the Malaysian government from uh, Captain Shah, any message or threat or uh, demand, we don't know for certain. But certainly one newspaper, the Daily Mail in Britain, received a copy of an email which contained just such a, a threat, saying, you know, unless you uh, rescind this jail sentence on the Malaysian opposition leader, uh, you'll never see the airliner again. You know, it's not coming back. And whether the Malaysian government have uh, uh, suppressed such a message or pretended they never received it, or maybe they did never receive it, we don't know. But I think all of the disappearance of the airliner can be pinned on the captain, who probably locked the co-pilot out of the cabin. He asked the co-pilot to go and get him a coffee or something and then locked him out. And um, I think uh, there's also another report that the co-pilot's cell phone uh, got turned on when, when the plane was flying after it had changed course. It was flying somewhere near Penang. With Gene and Chris talking to George Wingfield, you're in the Paracast.
Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Gold isn't for you? Ted Anderson, president of Midas Resources, one of the world's premier gold and precious metal investing firms. I get it. You wouldn't buy gold if you believed that the government is doing a great job, that the Fed will stop handing out trillions of dollars like bailout candy, that Social Security would be there for you. That's not what's happening. You might even pass on gold if the stimulus package wouldn't fuel inflation, or that the dollar wouldn't lose value, or that your retirement would be secure. If all looks rosy to you, then now is not the time to buy gold. For the realists, there have never been more sobering reasons to diversify with gold. Since 2001, the U.S. dollar index has tanked 30% while gold has risen 300%. Right now, savvy investors are adding gold to their portfolios. You should too. Find out what they know. Call us and I'll send you 10 reasons why gold will do very well, free. 800-686-2237. 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. We live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document? Worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average over 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE. 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. Question. Could too many GMO foods and toxins be overloading your digestive and immune systems? Answer. Yes. If you're searching for a powerful detox that's gentle enough to use every day, use Pro-EM-1 from Terragonics. Pro-EM-1 is a powerful liquid probiotic that uses good bacteria to suppress pathogens and gently eliminate toxins from your body. A healthy digestive system will cleanse and remove toxins, support weight loss, improve absorption of food nutrients, and aid in controlling yeast and other infections. Pro-EM-1 is made with only non-GMO and certified organic ingredients, has no preservatives, and is dairy, soy, wheat, and gluten-free. 
Pro EM1 is the key to your digestive health. Order Pro EM1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganix.com. Spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com. Or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Also available through Amazon Prime. Pro EM1 from Terraganix. Life's getting better. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. All right, let me stop here, George. The pilot locked out the co-pilot. Why? Why? Because he wanted to turn off the transponder and the ACARS equipment and change course. Well, that wasn't going to be very easy to do if he had the co-pilot in the cabin who's, who would say, what the hell do you think you're doing? Why are you changing course? The guy got locked out, as obviously can be done. Uh, the captain uh, was in a suicidal state, not only because his marriage had just uh, broken up. His mistress had um, apparently abandoned him. His political hero had been sentenced to five years in jail. He was thoroughly pissed off. Oh, Occam's razor. Sometimes the uh, most obvious <laughs> possible yeah. scenario is behind uh, any sort of motivation for an event like that. Of course, what do you think of all the internet banter and these bizarre off-the-wall theories that have ebbed and flowed for the past two months? Well, I think these are just the general conspiracy theories you're going to get. I mean, I've read half a dozen of them. Most of them really don't ring true. Uh, Some people are suggesting that, you know, the plane was landed on Diego Garcia or else it was shot down as it approached Diego Garcia, which um, they were abducted by aliens. Uh, Yes. Well, of course, abducted by aliens, because when we uh, went to the... um, the Ozark UFO Conference in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, last month. Who should appear as one of the speakers but George Nori from uh, Coast to Coast? Your favorite radio broadcaster. <laughs> Don't give me that. <laughs> and, of course, uh, everybody wanted to ask him about MH. 370 and he uh, he said well i really don't have any uh ideas on that but um i have asked my chief remote viewer and let's see what he says oh ed dames oh boy here we go of course oh my god well ed dames has been so totally discredited i mean i don't know why anyone should ask him anything and expect to get a sensible (laughs) answer right the hail bop companion was going to eradicate the rainforest i remember that one back in 97 Oh, right. Yes. Well, I remember the, the hell bop thing so well, because I, I was at um, a UFO conference in Pensacola Beach uh, just before all that business. And um, you could see hell bop up in the sky. Everybody was very excited. And then we had this thing. This is the uh, I forget when exactly when um, it was proclaimed as the uh, companion to hell bop, which is flying along behind. This is what led to the Heaven's Gate people right well that was courtney brown i think actually well it was courtney brown viewed it but the person who invented the the alleged uh companion was a a guy called chuck schrammick who lived in houston texas right and uh he was a complete idiot and he was always pulling stunts of this kind and he'd taken a very good 
photograph, which um, astronomical photograph, which had been taken of Hale Bob by a professor at UH in Hawaii, and uh, he'd added the companion object. You know, it's just a simple bit of uh, fudging it. I wouldn't say it was done with Photoshop because I don't think that was around back then. But it, uh, yeah, it was. It Absolutely. was around Photoshop. Yeah, I, I learned Photoshop '96, I think. Okay, uh, let me see. Okay, fine. It was just about around. Well, maybe he used Photoshop, but anyway, he made quite a convincing picture of Hale Bop and this unknown object, which was sort of glowing like a, a star or nebula alongside. And then he'd sent this off to Coast to Coast, and people like Courtney Brown and Ricky Streber had sort of latched onto it and thought this is the best possible thing. No one bothered to say, well, how about another picture? Is the object still there? And no one no, even bothered to think about that. Of course, the object wasn't still there. It was forged. But the, the professor of astronomy who actually took the original photograph, it took, a, you know, it took several weeks before he said, this is my photo, and someone's faked this object onto it. Anyway, yeah, Chuck Schramm is dead. Of course, now. Art Bell didn't mention that. Of course, Art Bell didn't mention that. He thought it was too good a story. Courtney Brown was a complete maniac. You know, he was uh, rather rather like Ed James. He was going to make a huge amount of money by uh, remote viewing, and this is an obvious one to jump on. He gave remote viewing courses, I think, Courtney Brown. Still does, actually. For those of you in the audience that aren't aware of who Courtney Brown is, I think, what was the name of the book, George? Cosmic Voyage. He claimed that there was a a rescued uh, colony of Martians living underground under Ma- Mount Baldy, I think, just oh, right. north and east of Santa Fe. I missed the, I missed that book. I, I really uh, missed that book. <laughs> that was one of my favorite. We're sort of digressing a little bit here. George, you have been going to, I don't know, countless numbers of conferences. You've been a perennial uh, attendee of the Eureka Springs Conference, you know, going on almost 30 years. That's right. You know, you you named yourself Mockingbird. Well, let's let's kind of uh, go into some of the figures in the field. First of all, let's talk about the figures in the field that you feel are legit, and then we'll kind of flesh out our list of people that you have contrary feelings about. Well, obviously, you you Chris, obviously you're legit, but um, you clicked. I mean, I, I've been reading your book and hugely enjoying it. And there's a huge amount of strangeness uh, from all sorts of different figures. I do notice that with books like yours, you, occasionally some name pops up who I know to be a complete maniac, and I wouldn't believe a word he said. I was just looking through your book just now, and uh, the name which struck me, of course, was Tony Dodd, who's British, and I thought he was complete, you know, complete nut. So um, I wouldn't bother too much with what he said. Okay, uh, other researchers who I have great respect for is David Marler. Did you ever read his book, Triangular UFOs, which came out last year? Right. You contributed, I think, a chapter in that, didn't you? That is correct. Yes, I did. And, yeah. and you and Philip Man- Mantle is another one that um, springs to mind. Uh, and, of course, we could go in and talk about the Ray Santilli, Bob Kiviot alien autopsy fiasco, but uh, continue. It was a complete fiasco, Ray Santelli. We'll talk, talk about that separately. And I did research that one and came to the conclusion the whole thing was complete fake, complete hoax, and not to be believed. But um, I, I listen a lot to, uh, I think, uh, John Alexander is uh, good. Of course, a lot of people will say, oh, well, my God, he, he was the penguin. And um, 
he may be involved with all sorts of disinformation, and you shouldn't believe a word he says. But I, I, I believe a, a lot of what John Alexander says, and I listen very carefully to what he says. And I have um, had quite a, a bit of email contact with John. I know John. And um, well, what do you uh, think of his his book that came out a couple of years back, the UFO book, where he fails to mention uh, the NRO, the National Reconnaissance? organization anywhere in his book what are we supposed to make of that um i hadn't uh i hadn't actually thought about the failure to mention the nro um obviously what you have to make with john is is that uh he uh he was in the military he uh has certain oaths which he obviously had to take in the military, which apply to the day you die and beyond. And there are a number of things um, you simply cannot talk about. And uh, one of these things, of course, I wanted, um, I don't know, uh, you you can, I think Nick Pope says in his book, is um, you neither confirm nor deny NCND. George Wingfield joins Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. The nation's largest independently owned and operated talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Great news, pure water lovers. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has a special discount offer for all GCN listeners. You can't do better than a Big Berkey for economy. For only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. There's none better than a Big Berkey for emergency preparedness as a backup water source. And you just can't beat a Big Berkey to remove dangerous chlorine, all types of fluoride, pathogenic bacteria, cysts, parasites, and unhealthy bodies products from municipal water. Berkey water filter systems are even powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. For the gold standard in water filters, get a Big Berkey at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com and all GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. For details, call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey water filters for the love of clean water. I will never forget the day my son Jeremy told me he hated me and slammed the door in my face. I'm behavioral therapist Janet Lehman. Behavior problems can turn the child you love and your life into a nightmare. 
That's why my husband James and I created the Total Transformation, the step-by-step program that shows you how to fix the worst behavior problems and get your child to respect and listen to you again. No matter what the behavior, defiance, backtalk, angry outbursts, disrespect, we can help you stop it. Now you can get the Total Transformation for free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. You can keep it forever for free. Limited number of free programs available. Call now. 1-888-912-1595. 1-888-912-1595. That's 1-888-912-1595. 1-888-912-1595. There are many things the human body can do very well, but maintaining the proper pH level isn't always one of them. That's where AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops can make a world of difference. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps your body do what's natural. Just a few drops a day helps rid your body of harmful waste and acid while promoting health and restoring vibrance and energy. Alkalizing boosts your immune system and can help fight headaches, irritability, cramping, and insomnia. Alkalizing also helps the body fight depression and even bone loss. To learn more about the importance of alkalizing and how you can find life-changing and vital balance, please visit AlkaVision's brand new website at AlkaVision.com. Same great products, but now easier to use and more informative than ever before. To get your very own plasma pH drops for just $29.95, call 800-518-7615 or visit AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Alkalize your body and supercharge your health at the new AlkaVision.com. Hi, this is nuclear physicist lecturer Stanton Friedman. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So as we ended that segment with George Wingfield, Nick Pope's name was mentioned. And as Chris is going to tell you, we had him on last week. Yeah, absolutely. And he, he, I know, is a straight, straight and honest researcher. I respect what Nick says, and I think his book is fantastic. I really, really do. But um, I'm being dragged off. I was talking about John Alexander, and I hadn't quite finished with, with him. <laughs> well, um, uh, please continue, because I want to get into uh, Bigelow and Bob Lazar uh, forming absolutely. a corporation together and a bunch of stuff. Absolutely. Yes, of course. But John Alexander, okay, we're aware that there are certain things he simply cannot talk about. And I zeroed in on one thing, which I thought I really had to ask him the question. And um, the question, of course, is what do you make of the Cash Landrum business in 1980? You know the story of Cash Landrum. Yes, we do. We did have a special episode on Cash Landrum a year or two back with two people who had followed the case very closely. So we had extensive information on it. And what did you come to any conclusions as to what was going on? Well, I had the impression, we know, of course, we have the radiation side effects. And I had the impression, though, this may have been some sort of test aircraft. Well, okay, I, I had that theory. I put it to John, I'll tell you a little more specifically um, exactly what I, what I uh, suggested. First of all, just to go back, most people assume this was nuclear radiation, which affected the, the two women uh, and the son 
And John Alexander says, no, it wasn't nuclear radiation. They'd be dead by now if that's what it was. It might have been um, extreme heat if you're very close to something like a blast furnace, which is extremely hot. You get similar sort of radiation burns, and um, they aren't necessarily fatal, but they're very unpleasant. And so he suggested that. But my approach to the cash lantern thing was to think back to year 1980 and what was going on. And what was going on, as everybody who can remember 1980 should know, was the um, Tehran hostage siege where the American embassy had been um, taken over. Okay, um, I was talking about John Alexander, and um, I wanted to ask him about the Cash Landrum affair. And to have an understanding of what I suggested on the Cash Landrum affair was um, you need to know that 1980, uh, the, the whole country, the president, the military, just about everybody was concentrated on what was going to happen about the uh, U.S. hostages in Tehran. There were 52 of them, I believe. They were, in fact, kept as hostages for 444 days. And there was a rescue effort to um, get them back, which failed completely, uh, with the loss of uh, the lives of eight American servicemen um, in April of that year, April 1980. That was called Operation Eagle Claw. Um, it was a complete uh, disaster. And then after that, um, another operation was going to be mounted. It was called Operation Honey Badger. And they had to uh, rescue the hostages. Uh, a lot of people in the military, in a special group, this is all ultra secret, of course, who, who were focused on rescuing the hostages. My suggestion was that in order to rescue hostages under these circumstances, you needed some kind of a hugely bright lighting device, possibly powered by a small nuclear reactor, which you'd fly into the building near Tehran where the hostages are being held. You put it down on the roof. Everybody um, around, including the guards, the revolutionary guards, would be blinded, but your, um, your SEALs and your uh, special forces troops would go in with special goggles. They'd be able to see what they were doing. They'd get the hostages out of there and fly them out. This is what I suggested was being tested uh, when the unfortunate uh, uh, Betty Cash and Vicky Landrum uh, came into close proximity to this object, okay, which, which had, uh, for some reason, uh, had been forced to land on a road where they were driving. This is a road in and, Texas. And that also explains uh, all the helicopters. Sure. This is one of the reasons. And I said, well, this had to be some kind of a military exercise or operation or secret test. Otherwise, you don't get 23 helicopters, but I read. Uh, right. That is simply not believable. So well, what did Alexander say when you posed this uh, to him? Well, of course, I got a very bland reply saying, oh, well, I have looked into this, and um, one of my military colleagues uh, was uh, headed the um, commission, which is meant to try and find out what went on there, and they'd come to the conclusion that the helicopters didn't belong to the U.S. military, and nor did the, uh, this hugely bright 
and uh, hot object which came down, and it's nothing to do with us. So sorry about that, but um, um, you know we'll wash our hands of it. And so, so this is an example of John Alexander not being able to confirm or deny uh, what he may know. He did deny. He denied it was anything to do with the U.S. military because I asked him, and uh, there are two ways of looking at that. If you if you think yeah. you with the U.S. military, which I still do, um, he's lying, and otherwise he just wasn't in the loop. Uh, this is ultra secret, and maybe he just wasn't in the loop. Well, who else in the field do you have? Uh, do you hold in some esteem? In terms, of, you, you mentioned Nick Pope. You you mentioned John Alexander with a caveat, obviously. Um, uh, David Marler. David Marler, I mentioned as being a, a really sound and uh, thorough researcher. Um, there are quite a few others, but I think the most important person to mention is um, Jack Vallee, and. I'm sure you know that Jack Vallee, who I always regarded as the leading researcher when it came to the UFO subject, um, parted company with the rest of the UFO community. In fact, he was almost drummed out by MUFON. In 1988 at the MUFON Symposium. I think it was 92? Would it have been? No, it was 88 when they booed him off the stage. It was the year before Bill Moore. I I could be wrong, but that's my memory. Okay. I have a little... um, I have just a little couple of lines here, which he wrote at the time. And he said, as a scientist, I've come to the conclusion that a genuine UFO phenomenon exists. It is physical and it is unexplained. Therefore, I continue to investigate the sightings in the field. And I claim that they represent an opportunity and a challenge to science. I speculate, although I cannot prove, that a non-human form of intelligence is involved. In saying so, I am somewhat something of an irritant to the skeptics. At the same time, however, I refuse to align myself with the extraterrestrial party line. I realize that my position is unpopular. If I was so blind as to ignore it, uh, I would be reminded of it immediately, because believing in extraterrestrials has become a matter of faith, not a subject of scientific debate. Couldn't have said it better myself. Absolutely right. I mean, (laughs) he's the man we should all be listening to, I think. And I've been touting his, uh, his wonderful insight and creative out-of-the-box thinking uh, for many years, including many times on the Paracast, as Gene will attest. And, of course, he's been on the show several times. He has, has he? Yes. The last time we had him on only for an hour, unfortunately. I don't know whether he does public appearances much anymore, but it was always very informative. We've tried here... And I think that puts us almost alone among radio shows on the paranormal to think out of the box, to try to stretch our boundaries. We have George Wingfield doing some boundary stretching right now. More to come with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. We are the premier independent talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. G-C-N. 
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. Harvest Right is the world's first in-home freeze dryer. Freeze dry your own fruits, vegetables, meats, and full meals. With Harvest Right, you can prepare foods that last 25 years, preserving its freshness, nutrition, color, and taste. All your food can be freeze dried. So don't throw away your leftovers. Freeze dry them with this incredible in-home money-saving freeze dryer. Go to HarvestRight.com to see how the Harvest Right freeze dryer works. That's HarvestRight.com. Good people need help. The Homeowners Association said we had weeds and fined us $25. We told them they had the wrong house. They said if we didn't pay it, they'd file a lien. Our attorney demanded photographs, witnesses, and told them if they couldn't provide this, they must cease and desist. Issue solved. Worry less and live more with LSProtection.com. That's LSProtection.com or call 855-340-SAVE. That's 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just 19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV A little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even though I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months. 
simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's InfoWarsTeam.com. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. You know, when we announced your appearance here and started clarifying all the stuff you've done, George, we started getting interesting comments from our listeners. Maybe let's segue to one or two of those, Chris, before we go on. Okay. Sure. Let's uh, go back to your original work uh, in the field and that has to do obviously with the crop circles because I mean come on George you Pat Delgado Colin Andrews you were the first people to really dig into this and uh, you know much much to your credit uh, you spent a lot of time uh, looking at this as did uh, Pat and Colin and uh, I think you were the first one really to fall away from the whole thing but we have a really interesting question from Polterwurst who's one of our dedicated posters at forum.theparacast.com and he wants to know in your opinion george is there anything to the ball of light type phenomena being seen around crop circles have you ever seen anything yourself that would fit this description well no i haven't seen a ball of light in a crop circle uh you could say that what i saw over the washington monument was a ball of light it suddenly appeared it appeared to be a disc it was self-luminous you could call that a ball of light. Now, I wrote something about balls of light on the Paracast uh, blog yesterday, and so you have some of my views on that. Um, balls of light in crop circles, I did say to Ponto West, I said that the, there was a film, a uh, video clip of balls of light racing around, making a crop circle. You can see the, you know, the crop going down. Right, the Oliver Castle footage. That's absolutely right, yes. And that's a complete fake. And the guy who made it, whose name I forget, is a complete idiot. And he made that bit of footage, which lost for, what, what about two or three minutes, and tried to sell it to Colin Andrews. I forget whether Colin Andrews actually bought it or not, but it became perfectly obvious that it was a fake. And I had a friend um, who, Paul Vige, who is a bit of a computer geek, and uh, he said, well, I could make one of those. And uh, he made up a very similar bit of film. In fact, it was rather better quality in, in, in about um, in under half an hour. Well, we know now in the digital age, uh, it's fairly uh, easy for anyone proficient with After Effects and other uh, software programs to, uh, to fabricate pretty much anything, which brings up a whole subject about uh, fakes on the Internet, which we don't sure. need to get into. But. Here's an interesting question from Bob in DC. He's been a poster at forum.theparacast.com for about seven months now, and he hasn't posted many uh, questions, but here's a good one. What is the earliest report of a crop circle, and do they occur anywhere other than the UK and the US? Now, we're talking about real crop circles here. Um, I was able to dig up a 1606 report of sheep mutilations around London what is the earliest mowing devil or some sort of indication that's been documented of a genuine crop circle back in the uh, dim reaches of time? Well, I'd hate to say what a genuine crop circle was, but there is this uh, wonderful story of the mowing devil where um, 
somebody, uh, I can't remember, somebody went out and made a crop circle, effectively a crop circle, by mowing the crop, as they called it, uh, rather than harvesting the crop back then. And uh, whatever it was, I think it was man-made. Of course, there are crop circles which do get formed by dust devils. There are rough circular markings. But the crop circles we were talking about since 1987 or thereabouts um, were usually much more uh, distinct and uh, sharp. And they were geometrical shapes. They were usually circles. And soon after that, you you got uh, passages and bars and claws which came out from the crop circles. In fact, they became quite artistic. And I think uh, we're left with the idea that this is field art or crop art and generally done by people who uh, planned it carefully in advance. They planned some design. They go out at night, they make it using a bit some high-tech equipment, like, like a, um, a surveyor nowadays will use some kind of a, a laser light to get straight lines, and in right. the dark you, you set up your pattern using, using these little laser, laser lights. On a, you know, on a tripod, something of this kind. Um, right. We, we had Matthew Williams uh, on a number of months ago, and he gave us a blow-by-blow blow, um, kind of primer on how some of these circles are able to be made overnight by teams of people that are very well coordinated. But I have a question yeah. from uh, Polterwurst, again, who's uh, one of our active posters at forum.theparacast.com, and he wants to know what you think about Nick Pope's quote, exotic atmospheric plasma, unquote, theory, which I guess he puts forth in the Encounter book. At least he spoke about it last week on our show. And uh, he says, have you ever looked into Hasdalen or other ball of light phenomenon? Do you think that there's something anomalous here or do you think it's just uh, natural earth lights, fault lights, that sort of thing? No, I think there is something uh, anomalous we could say in Hasdalen. I mean, that's been researched for years and um, all sorts of pretty strange things. You, you can't just say they were uh, will of the wisp or marsh gas or something of this kind. I mean, uh, that really doesn't fit the bill. And people are still very mystified. So there is something going on there. Not necessarily intelligently controlled lights, but something of a weird nature. And I will give Linda Hart credit. She um, she went and did quite a bit of research at Hestalen and uh, came up with a lot of interesting stuff, no conclusions. Uh, I believe she thought that these were something connected with aliens, but um, uh, she did a pretty good job, and she delivered that lecture at the Ozark UFO meeting uh, one year. <laughs> well, speaking of Linda Howe, and, you know, I, I don't want this to uh, become a, a bashing session by any stretch. Linda has done a lot of work in the field. She's tireless. She's She's very systematic about how she interviews people. She taught me how to, how to interview people, actually, uh, early on in my process. But, um, you know, this whole, uh, the caray or, or carrot, I think uh, your article. Well, the carrot drones, yes. <laughs> the drone, the California drone uh, scenario. Uh, what do you make of, of attaching your reputation on something that, that obviously appears so suspect? Fake. Absolutely. Fake as hell. I think it's very sad that Linda believes absolutely everything. And uh, 
don't know if that's naivety or because um, she has a Earth Files website and this sort of sensational stuff. She is probably not too bothered whether it's true or not. She puts it up there and says, I'm a reporter. And because she makes it look as if it's true. So it is sad. And Linda still believes in everything. I mean, she still believes in that alien autopsy nonsense, which was concocted by Mr. Santilli uh, back in 1995. I don't think there's anything which Linda doesn't sort of come out and say that's false or that's fake. Let me just interject here, George. So the sense here I get is you feel she is maybe too gullible and goes about accepting claims as actual evidence of something, and that's unfortunate. Now, I should tell our listeners that we have actually asked Linda to come on the show to answer questions. The first time I heard from her, she was, you know, raring to go. But I think perhaps she did a little research into who we are, found the name Chris O'Brien. I don't want to say Uh. it's Chris's fault. But I have a feeling she is not inclined to want to come on. She has not responded to an email I sent where I specified available dates. So we'll see. I mean, we want to be fair with her if she wants to come on and justify why she believes in some of these things, such as ET causing cattle mutilations, such as those drones that we uh-huh. exposed years ago as just fake photos. In fact, that's right. That's one right. of the people who was on our show pointed that the lettering on one of those drones actually was copied from Star Wars movies. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and the well, my favorite was- is the Brazilian abduction case that uh, she was uh, paid a considerable sum of money to come down and investigate. And even after they admitted it, it was a hoax. She kept supporting the uh, alleged event. And she, she still supports that alien autopsy, as far as I know. Um, on the other side of the coin, I um, developed something which I call the 7F basket for ufology. And the 7F stand for fantasy, fiction, fraud, false memory, fakery, folklore, and flapdoodle. And an awful lot of the you know, UFO material, UFO stories, awful lot of stuff goes straight into that basket, which is where it belongs. I like the word flapdoodle, one of my favorite terms of all time. George, we've got to do our break here, and then we'll discuss more things, hopefully not flapdoodle. George Wingfield joining us with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. largest independently owned communications network gcn henry ford once said a man who stops advertising to save money is like a man who stops a clock to save time alex castle here the national account executive at gcn i have the ability to customize a national radio campaign based on your budget while targeting your demographic contact me to find out how national radio can help your business be more profitable at 877-996-4327 extension 177 that's 877-996-4327 extension 177 and help me help you bring your business to the next level 
Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. The human body is extraordinary. Despite all the stresses we inflict upon it, it still works hard to stay in balance. Thousands upon thousands of people rely upon heart and body extract to help their body stay balanced. This excellent 100% natural herbal formula helps maintain healthy blood pressure levels, cleans arteries, promotes good circulation, balances cholesterol, and more. HB extract paired with healthy lifestyle choices like good nutrition and exercise can give you a life free of pain, sickness, and fear. Recapture your youthful vitality and experience your body healing itself with the aid of HB extract. It's extremely effective and it starts working in just days. Visit hbextract.com to learn more and to read scores of testimonials from satisfied customers. And we've never increased our price in over 10 years. That makes heart and body extract as great a value now as it was the first day we sold it. A healthy heart is a happy heart. Call 866-295-5305 or go to hbextract.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. All right, George Wingfield is here. He has a wide and fascinating background in the UFO and paranormal research, and we're just kind of covering the surface of it here. Our listeners have had fascinating questions. Before we go on, Chris, would you like to dig up another question or what? Well, you know, I've been really intrigued by your annual sessions at the Eureka Springs Conference that uh, I think David Perkins called it the Hall of Shame, Hall of Fame uh, sessions (laughs) that you would do. Let's go down the list here. You know, we started talking about some of the people that you feel um, are legitimate and they may have constraints on how much they can say, like in the case of uh, John Alexander and uh, possibly the case of Nick Pope. But who are the ungovernment attached investigators out there that you feel are actually unsung heroes that are bringing the uh, this whole ball of wax forward in, in, you know, in, in public awareness and understanding? Well, uh, I said David Mahler is uh, absolutely honest and straight investigator. And there, there are many others. I mean, Chris knows, or at least um, David Perkins knows, uh, Nancy Talbot. Now, what she comes up with, um, some people can't take or believe, but I know she's honest. I know she's straightforward and honest. Well, and you know what? Before we go on with Nancy Talbot, we've right. had a run-in with her over her support for Robert Vandenbroeke? Yeah, Robert Vandenbroeke. And the point being here is that I think we pretty much exposed him on the air when he brought on his friend, his friend the magician. The sleight-of-hand magician. The sleight-of-hand guy. And I think that exposed it. And I think if we remove Robert from Nancy Talbot's equation, we would like her a lot more. She became very ornery (laughs) with us when we weren't impressed. 
I can see what you're saying. I, I have never met Robert, and I've never met his magician friend. In fact, I haven't traveled to Holland to see any of this. But um, I know that Nancy has a good heart, and uh, maybe she's been badly taken in, uh, badly fooled, as people are sometimes. But, yeah. Uh, I, I, she's not trying to pull a fast one herself. I mean, these two characters maybe. I, I really don't know because it's not a case I've researched or looked at. All I all I can see is what's on the website. Well, George, here here's an interesting thing that uh, I'm sure many of our listeners will be surprised to hear about. I think, George, besides Nancy and Joe Burke, you're the only person I know of that actually took the time to go to Grass Lake, Michigan and visit Lefty Levengood. Yeah, sure. Why don't you uh, kind of walk us through your uh, your timetable uh, and, and what you went up there to do, how Levengood presented his information, and you as someone with scientific training, what you came away with. I went to talk to Lefty Levengood, and um, he's very, he was, and he, he died recently. He was a very intense character. He had very definite ideas about... Um, what was happening with crop circles and how uh, some kind of genetic alteration to the actual plants was taking place. And uh, he talked about this at huge lengths. I know that he was someone who got up at five, five o'clock in the morning, I'm not good at that sort of thing, and went down to his laboratory and studied uh, plant samples through microscopes, did a huge amount of statistical work on them, and um, I think I think he, he believed he wasn't someone trying to pull a fast one. He, he wasn't some sort of charlatan or crook, which you sometimes well, get. Or a glory hound. I mean, he really shunned the, the spotlight. He, he believed this. And, of course, people fooled him. Uh, I, I fooled him uh, for various things, which is that uh, I wanted him to do blind testing on samples we brought in. Say, will you test this sample and tell us if you think that came from a genuine crop circle or not? Well, he wasn't willing to do that. He sort of backed off and um, uh, made excuses. And I thought, well, if you're a true scientist, you would do blind testing, and then we might get somewhere with this. I mean, come on, that's like standard operating procedure. Hello. Some scientists are like this. They know exactly what they want to prove. Okay, we, we were talking about uh, Dr. Levengood or Lefty Levengood and his testing. And I, I did go to visit him in Grass Lake, Michigan. I talked a lot. And I think he was a sincere character as regards his views of what was happening with the crop circles. I don't think he, he was some kind of a charlatan or a fake. I mean, his degree, his uh, doctor, doctor um, qualification. No, he had, he had a master's. He never got a PhD. That's right. Absolutely right. Yes, it wasn't. Well, that wasn't genuine. And I think his master's was in forestry. Um, so, but leave that alone. The trouble, trouble really was that, okay, he did an immense amount of work and he had very decided views on what was going on. Well, what but, about his uh, methodology, the quality of his science? I mean, he did a lot of real rigorous scientific testing. As someone trained in, in, in science, did you feel yeah. that he was a legitimate scientist that should have been, uh, I think, published in Nature of all places? He certainly looked like a legitimate scientist. He had a laboratory and all sorts of equipment and microscopes and stuff uh, with which he studied these plants. And, um, and a pocket protector for his pens, right? 
Well, I, I don't think too many other scientists uh, would back up what he was saying. He, you know, he tried. I think attempts were made to get other, other scientists to do. Why don't, why don't you carry out these tests and confirm what he what he's done and what he's saying? And that never happened. So Levengood was one of the good guys, maybe a little bit um, kind of like that X-Files poster in Fox Mulder's office. He wanted to believe, possibly. That's right. He wanted to believe. And he was easily taken in because um, uh, some of the crop circle fakers, I would say, crop circle makers, I should call them, tried out various things, uh, one of which was to scatter a recently made crop circle with on filings, which they bought from some, uh, you know, science supply place. And these were scattered all over the crop circle. And people in England uh, then sent him samples, which contained these tiny on filings. And he made up some Oh, ridiculous sort of uh, theory of plasma vortex having formed the crop circle. Well, hold on one second. Let me let me uh, interrupt and uh, excuse me. Um, I was involved in his bovine excision site study and a case that was completely documented by the BBC where I took plant and soil sampling. I mean, it took me uh, many hours to do this and also forensic samples. The particular case that i was uh, supplying the study indicated that there was 50 times the amount of magnetite uh, or th- i think it was 300 times uh, the amount of magnetite right around the body out to 50 feet and then the uh, magnetite particle uh, ratio fell off out to control levels from 50 feet out so perhaps he was on to something some of the uh, magnetite around the, the body that he uh, tested was at it appeared to have been melted by high heat into sphericals. We're talking one, I think, to five microns or 20 microns, I think, were the larger pieces. So, you know, I think he may have been onto something, but you're saying that he was very easily hoaxed. Well, I don't know about very easily, but uh, certainly I, I do know chapter and verse on this particular case where samples from two particular crop circles, which had had on filing scattered in them, uh, he said this is all part of the um, the effect, and he was uh, suggesting some kind of a plasma vortex formed in the ionosphere and brought down with it meteoric dust. And this yeah, is what but, 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 but wait a minute. Wouldn't those iron filings have been melted by a high heat event instead of just, you know, be simple filings? The, the, well, they were simple filings. They were very small, ground, very small filings. But they'd been out in, in this crop circle in the rain for several days before they were found, and uh, they coated the crop. And obviously, they weren't in the uh, pristine state when you bought them from the store. They, they'd been oxidized uh, to some extent. Yeah, but oxidation is a lot different from being affected by high heat. You know what, folks? We'll be oxidized if we don't do what? this break. We have George Wingfield with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com 
That's A2, that's number two, A2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Friends, this is Alex Jones for MidasResources.com. For more than 15 years, I have exclusively used Midas Resources for all my precious metal needs. Whether it's bullion or collectibles you're looking for, Midas Resources is simply the best. I own my gold as a hedge against inflation. This Federal Reserve fiat currency could go the way of the Deutschmark and the Weimar Republic anytime. In these historically dangerous times, it makes sense to physically hold gold and silver. Midas already has some of the best deals in the industry. But if you give them a call and mention the radio special, they will give you a list of the day's super specials. Midas brokers are standing by to answer all your questions at 800-686-2237. They also have a lot of informative free literature explaining the opportunities and risk of holding precious metals. They are ready to answer your questions at 800-686-2237. Again, that's 800-686-2237. Great news, pure water lovers. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has a special discount offer for all GCN listeners. You can't do better than a Big Berkey for economy. For only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. There's none better than a Big Berkey for emergency preparedness as a backup water source. And you just can't beat a Big Berkey to remove dangerous chlorine, all types of fluoride, pathogenic bacteria, cysts, parasites, and unhealthy viruses products from municipal water. Berkey water filter systems are even powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. For the gold standard in water filters, get a Big Berkey at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And all GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. For details, call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey water filters for the love of clean water. The human body is extraordinary. Despite all the stresses we inflict upon it, it still works hard to stay in balance. Thousands upon thousands of people rely upon heart and body extract to help their body stay balanced. This excellent 100% natural herbal formula helps maintain healthy blood pressure levels, cleans arteries, promotes good circulation, balances cholesterol, and more. HB extract paired with healthy lifestyle choices like good nutrition and exercise can give you a life free of pain, sickness, and fear. Recapture your youthful vitality and experience your body healing itself with the aid of hb extract it's extremely effective and it starts working in just days visit hbextract.com to learn more and to read scores of testimonials from satisfied customers and we've never increased our price in over 10 years that makes heart and body extract as great a value now as it was the first day we sold it a healthy heart is a happy heart call 866-295-5305 or go to hbextract.com We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com.
You know, some people get at me for allegedly telling jokes or bad jokes, but the worst I do is a pun. That's not a joke. Look up the definition, critics. We have George Wingfield with Gene and Chris on the Paracast. George, you were about to say something when we had to do that break. Well, I, I was talking about whether high heat was involved or not. Now, this has always been a, a favorite theme that uh, some of these paranormal events like uh, the cattle mutilations might involve high heat. And um, all, all I say to that, uh, Linda, Linda Howe, we always go back to Linda, has suggested... Boy, if she listens to this show, she's going to freak. Many of, many of the bovine excisions were caused by lasers or oh, high God. heat uh, devices. Don't get me started on that one, George. That is such a misnomer. Oh. And I've just been looking at her book. Drained of blood. That's the other. And cookie cutter incisions. Yeah, where are the cookie cutter incisions? Three Everything cases. Three all cases out of possibly thousands. Out of all the photographs I've looked at in Alien Harvest and her other books of so-called excisions of the rectum or the genitalia or the mouth, the tongue, and so on, don't look in the least bit sort of careful, precise surgery using very sharp blades or, or lasers. I don't see any of that. I think that is... Well, wait a minute. We have to differentiate between lasers and very sharp implements because there are hundreds of cases that appear to have been done by sharp implements, including cases very well documented by veterinary pathologists. You can't dismiss the, the whole thing as being hyperbole and, and want to believe isms here. Uh, there are cases, George, and by the no, time I, I you get that. through my book, you will understand this. I accept that, Chris. And uh, there's a well-known case which was on the Skinwalker Ranch. We could always get onto the Skinwalker Ranch. There's a well-known mutilation case there, which looks oh, yeah. as if the wretched calf was yep. expertly butchered using sharp knives. In fact, uh, it was said that some very sharp blade had been used and also scissors. What do you make of that? Well, all I know is that uh, allegedly uh, Terry and Gwen Sherman were in the same pasture within a few hundred yards of the animal in broad daylight. When they turned around and came back, they found the calf in this manner, and the body parts have been laid out almost in a ritualistic kind of, uh, you know, na 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 sort of fashion. That case uh, still boggles my mind. But now that we're on the subject of Skinwalker Ranch, can I give you something on that? Yeah. Okay. I have a very good friend who, uh, you, you probably know his name, and I'm not going to mention it on the air. Um, he's a friend who is described in um, Carl Kelleher's book. In one particular instance, I think he's either described as, let's say he's described as Mike. And he was on a night watch at the Skinwalker Ranch with someone else who's described as Jim. Okay, uh, Jim happens to be, I forget which way around this is, Jim happens to be Terry Sh Tom Sherman, Tom Sherman, who was the ex-owner of the ranch. And a lot of st strange stuff went on around him. Yeah, Terry and Sherman. Terry Sherman? Yeah, uh, oh, sorry. Tom Gorman was Tom the Gorman pseudonym. is the name used. Okay, Terry Sherman. And this particular incident, which um, I really have in uh, great detail, uh, was th there's a completely different account is given by Colm Kelleher and George Knapp 
and also by John Alexander to what really happened. So let, let, let me just read you this bit. Um, these two are up on a ridge, about 60 foot up above the ranch house. It's about midnight. Now, my, my friend uh, is looking down and he sees a light, a light appears. The light gets um, somewhat brighter and um, he shows uh, Terry Sherman the light. They're both looking at it through night vision scopes. And it's Terry who jumps up and down and says, he, he, he says, oh, my God, uh, there's a shadow coming out. It's, um, it's a portal. There's a creature coming out of it. Now, okay, that, that is Terry Shum, who, who is uh, saying all this. My friend, uh, who's right beside him, is not seeing any of this. He's also got binoculars. He's got night vision binoculars. He, he's not seeing any of this. And Harry Sherman, jumping up and down and producing what, what eventually becomes um, a skinwalker myth. Um, and clearly it sounded as if he was seeing this, but my friend could see nothing of it. So um, either with his night vision binoculars or with Terry's, which um, were handed to him. Uh, but he, he did start taking photographs because there was this light down there. It wasn't, it was a very dim light and he just took photographs. So when the, when a flashlight shone down towards the spot, there was nothing there. And they later failed to find any footprints or disturbance in the dirt below. So we have two completely different accounts from the two observers. And this is something I, I've seen with UFOs. So this might have been something genuine. Yeah, that, that, it, different people routine. see different things. Yeah, it's routine. I've had uh, cases where uh, uh, up to a dozen people have allegedly been in the same proximity to one another and all observing an event. And there's always at least one or two or three people that don't know what the heck anybody else is talking about. Sure. Absolutely. That hits the nail on the head. Now, whether this is just going on in certain people's heads or whether this is something objective out there which is going on, which for some reason cannot be seen by everybody, um, that's what I don't know, and that's what we really have to look very carefully at. Well, I, I really think this is a very fruitful avenue of investigation and research, how certain individual perceptions uh, can coalesce with other people's perceptions and yet you have the odd man out or you know a, a witness or two or three who have no idea what everybody else is talking about and i think this is a really crucial clue into possibly gaining insight into this uh particular phenomenon uh, that you're describing let's say on the on the skinwalker ranch now this wasn't the event where the large humanoid creature was seen that's right. Uh, struggling to crawl out of this particular, you know, iris-like aperture opening in the sky, was it? Exactly that event. I think um, we, we got cut off in the middle just, just now, so um, maybe you missed me saying that. So I went back. But yes, this was the allegedly large humanoid-like creature, dark creature, came out of this tunnel of light that was the light down below and shuffled off into, into the darkness. And that is the event which is seen by Terry Sherman, but it was not seen by my friend who was right alongside him. Uh, my friend, well, your friend oh, has yeah. been called a world-class physicist. Uh, is there any uh, correlation between Mike and possibly uh, Eric Davis or... 
No, no, this is not Eric David. Coming next week on the Paracast, we'll be featuring Ted Rowe from NARCAP. A lot of great information will be heard about unidentified aerial phenomena, which is what they call UFOs. But right now, we have George Wingfield joining us with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. A little right, a little left, but always independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network, GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com I will never forget the day my son Jeremy told me he hated me and slammed the door in my face. I'm behavioral therapist Janet Lehman. Behavior problems can turn the child you love and your life into a nightmare. That's why my husband James and I created the Total Transformation, the step-by-step program that shows you how to fix the worst behavior problems and get your child to respect and listen to you again. No matter what the behavior, defiance, backtalk, angry outbursts, disrespect, we can help you stop it. Now you can get the total transformation for free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. You can keep it forever for free. Limited number of free programs available. Call now. 1-888-912-1595. 1-888-912-1595. That's 1-888-912-1595. For over five years, you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories. But did you know the Berkeys have had independent lab tests done to prove just how effective they are? It's true, and he can email you the test results. Just visit GoBerkey.com. You may also know that the Berkey guy has helped tens of thousands of people get better prepared. Now here's something you may not know. GoBerkey.com has amazing specials and deals all the time on a wide variety of survival and preparedness products. Most ready to ship same day. Visit the Berkey guy at GoBerkey.com and be sure to click the red Products on Sale Now button. You can always call toll-free 877-886-3653. Again, that's 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com, home of the Berkey guy. Springtime is save big time at Herbal Healer Academy. Long-term customers know spring is the time to stock up at HerbalHealer.com. And for new customers, welcome to the web's best place to save on vitamins, minerals, and more. 
Log on for spring specials, including our 500 parts per million colloidal silver, all sizes on sale. Choose from Herbal Healer's great variety of weight loss products like apple cider vinegar, Hoodia and Metabolic Complex, and ProMetabolic, all on sale now. Also, the Anti-Parasite Intestinal Freedom and Warwood Plus Complex, plus Stevia Liquid Sweetener and the Super Enzymes, all on sale for spring at HerbalHealer.com. As always, we offer certificate correspondence courses in natural medicine. Enjoy same-day shipping and free online newsletter. Log on now to HerbalHealer.com and click on Spring Specials to save big with our nation's leader in supplying quality natural medicine and education since 1988, Herbal Healer Academy. Hi, this is Nick Pope. You're listening to the Paracast. Chris is in a special mood there. You can tell that. George, you were about to name someone, and we had to cut you off after that because we ran out of time for that segment. Let's go on. Well, let's, let's just call him Mike, and he comes from Canada. He, I've known him for 20 years, and uh, he's a very good friend of mine. He came to my wedding in Las Vegas, and he's absolutely reliable, and he's extremely open to paranormal stuff and uh, quite prepared to believe in everything of this kind. But Yeah, he, he didn't right see a thing. He, he, he didn't did see a thing. Not, was not able to corroborate what Terry Sherman saw. No, he saw a light. He saw... A fairly dim light, which was anomalous. There shouldn't have been a light there. It was down, uh, not quite at ground level, probably about six feet up in the air, quite near the ranch house uh, on the Skinwalker Ranch. He, he could see that. And it sort of it grew a bit brighter and then faded again. But Terry Sherman was seeing all this stuff going on, something like a Bigfoot coming through a portal and jumping up. This is what he said. And right. my, my, my complaint really is, um, okay, if you, we've all read the uh, Hunt for the Skinwalker book by Calm Kelleher and George Knapp, but um, a lot of that, there are anecdotal pieces, stories, amazing stories, which all come from Terry Sherman. Uh, they're not necessarily corroborated by anyone other than his, his wife and his family. And I was going to say that um, maybe this guy lives in a different kind of reality to us, like some of the abductees and people like well, that. Wait a minute, George. Hold on. Hold on one second. Uh, you are aware that I was one of the first investigators to actually go up there and look into Terry's claims, right? Uh-huh. And I, I spent an entire afternoon with him, and he showed me the tops of 60, 80-foot cottonwood trees that the tops have been sheared off by an object that came through one of these apertures opening in the air in front of his ranch house. And it came through too fast and it, it literally sheared the tops of his cottonwood trees off. You, you're aware of that, right? I didn't know about the cottonwood trees, but um, I, I suddenly I put this one to John Alexander and John Alexander's and the NIDS team uh, spent a lot of time talking to Terry Sherman and they were all convinced uh, so John tells me and others that he was telling them, telling it straight, and there wasn't any kind of a scam going on there. Well, I, I never got any hint of subterfuge. The guy was obviously in fear for the safety of his family. He did not want any publicity. He said, I just need somebody to talk to to get, get something to help me here. I was on the phone with him, George. Yeah, when, okay. When the event, when he found his dogs the following morning melted into grease piles, 
I literally was on the phone with him when that event happened the night before. So in terms of, you know, Terry may have been, you know, because it was his ranch, he was really familiar with the, with the terrain, with the lighting conditions. You know, when you're really that plugged into your particular personal environment, you do tend to have a little bit more visual acuity and other things than a visitor would, someone not used to the environment. So we can't totally throw his account out just because the other witness didn't perceive what he did. Okay, so so this gets into a whole subject about uh, Robert Bigelow and the National Institute for Discovery Science and a, a real bombshell thing that David Perkins mentioned to me that you, first of all, you were invited by Bigelow to his gathering of so-called experts, uh, which I want to talk about. But I also want to talk about corporations founded by Bigelow and Bob Lazar. Let's cover first your, your meeting with Bigelow and you being involved in the presentation uh, and presentations, I should say, that happened uh, uh, at his behest. And then we'll talk about the Lazar uh, <laughs> angle. The only time I ever met Robert Bigelow was in the early 90s. I, uh, I have to look back at Darius to see when it was probably 1993 or 94, somewhere like that. And I happened to be in Las Vegas at a UFO conference. And um, uh, I'd heard that he wanted to see me and talk about crop circles, which I agreed to do. And I agreed to go and meet him at, um, at one o'clock at his mansion in Las Vegas. Just entirely by chance, I happened to be having breakfast with Stephen Greer, which is not a thing one does every day. Or oh even God. wants to admit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't, don't oh, get okay. us started. Uh, I'm with you there. So Stephen Greer was very mysterious, and he kept looking at his watch and saying, uh, I've got a very important uh, thing I've got to go and do now, so you must excuse me, George. And uh, he rushed off, giving no indication of where he was going. <laughs> I think probably about two, two or three hours later it was, that when I arrived at the Bigelow Mansion, who should I meet coming out of the front door but Stephen Greer? And uh, obviously Stephen Greer had been... Um, asking for funds for his research. And it became quite clear to me at that time that during that period, starting in about 1989, going through for at least five or six years, there were lines and lines of UFO researchers and people who thought they'd tap Bigelow for some money. And um, I can't say who they all were, but I do know that Stephen Graham must have been one. I didn't go to ask for money. I went to talk about crop circles and give him some advice that uh, there's an awful lot of fakery and fraud going on in the crop circle business, and he should be very careful who he talked to. Well, I don't think he necessarily took my advice, but I never asked him for a penny. Now, I think a lot of other people did ask him for a penny, and I suggest that one of them was, of course, Robert Lazar. And I also wonder, I, I can't ask this, I have no way of telling, I also, also wonder whether Linda Hart got funded by Robert Bigelow. George, about Lazar first. Okay. What gives you the impression that he was funded in any way by Robert Bigelow? Do you have any evidence of that? Well, yes, I do have an answer. I have several answers to that. And um, 
the top of the list. This is a, a piece written by Glenn Campbell, who I know, who used to be, you know, Desert Rat and Area 51 and all of that. Very skeptical of Lazar's claims and so on. And he and, said, and he had w- one of the best early internet sites, UFO Mind, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. Yes, and and Glenn Campbell suggests that you can still find on the on the um, on the internet. In fact, I sent sent the link to um, to David that a corporation was set up. Uh, this is public record, state of Nevada, called the Zeta Reticuli Two Corporation. Uh, Officers, the corporation or directors, Robert Bigelow, top of the list. I. I haven't seen this record, but it's no doubt still available. And down somewhere on the list is is Robert Lazar. So that uh, definitely implies there was a business connection between them. And one must assume that if there was, it meant that money was flowing from Bigelow to Lazar. And this supplies a very large motive for all of Robert Lazar's claims, I would suggest. Boy, I wonder what George Knapp would have to say about that. You should ask. The 25th anniversary of Bob Lazar's outing and coming out and talking. Uh, Knapp is still, you know, just lockstep behind Lazar and still supports that whole uh, scenario. Uh, What is your thinking, George? Well, I think that once you've uh, sort of uh, gone out there and supported a particular person like this uh, on TV, in books, uh, at great length, saying that this guy's real. It's very hard to back down and say I was completely wrong, I was taken in, and the whole thing was a big scam. I w- and say I wasn't part of the scam, but I believe this is a big scam. And uh, I, I, I think George Knapp, I think basically he's a good person, but I think he's gullible, maybe. And you see, the same thing can be aimed at all of us, all sorts of people stan freeman mj12 you know we all have these soft spots you know where we believe something that maybe there's no logic or reason behind it maybe we like the person or maybe something about what they did seems to fit with our beliefs i wonder about stanton friedman and mj12 for example maybe i understand bob lazar and george knapp we'll have to pursue this further we have george wingfield joining gene and chris you're in the paracast independently leading the way for the nation compelling talk for every political persuasion we are gcn attack of the rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike it's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com.
American gardeners and fellow patriots make the right choice with your money, time, and your family food supply. Choose 100% pure heirloom seeds in the Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com. Why spend more? The Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com is only $37.95 and includes 20 varieties of pure, hardy, easy-to-grow heirloom seeds. Yes, only $37.95. That's 70% less than our competitors. You could buy three Survival Seed Vaults for less than one of theirs. The Survival Seed Vault from MyPatriotSupply.com includes detailed planting and seed saving instructions and ships same day. Plus, all orders over $49 ship free. MyPatriotSupply.com is American owned by patriots like you, passionate about freedom and preparedness. Call now, 866-229-0927. That's 866-229-0927. Or discover more emergency preparedness items when you order at MyPatriotSupply.com. Choose the original. Choose the Survival Seed Vault at MyPatriotSupply.com. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right. General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Call 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. Have you ever noticed how many sick and miserable people there are? I'm serious. I'm talking about people of all ages who have conditions and diseases which affect their quality of life. Most of them seem to have one thing in common, polypharmacy. That is dependence on multiple prescription drugs with side effects that actually make them sicker and sicker, not healthy. The good news is that people are waking up to the fact that if you supply your body with all of the nutrients it requires, you will feel better, be healthier, and have a better life. It's important to know that Beyond Tangy Tangerine is the the most amazing, great-tasting, comprehensive nutritional supplement. Besides supplying all the vitamins our bodies need, it also supplies the necessary minerals that are required for the vitamins to kick in. Look, folks, I'm hooked on it, and I think if you try it, you'll become hooked. This stuff really works. That's why I'm urging you to make it part of your daily health regimen. Visit InfoWarsTeam.com to secure your canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine today. Sign up for auto ship and save on shipping costs. That's Beyond Tangy Tangerine at InfoWarsTeam.com. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? George Wingfield, can you believe that we're just about out of time? We have one more segment to do. And we were talking about these people such as Lazar and Knapp and the fact that some people get taken in by claims that just shouldn't be accepted as real. That's absolutely right. There are a lot of people in this business who who are charlatans, crooks, congenitalists. Operative word. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You said in this business, and that is really important. The UFO business, uh, can I say. Um, 
there are certain people you just simply should not believe, and uh, you should look very, very carefully at what they're claiming. I suggest that Bob Lazar is one of them. I have a little list here of certain others we, we can Yeah, uh, inquiring minds are, are <laughs> ears are open. Linda Napolitano, and um, together with um, Bud Hopkins. Now, Bud Hopkins is a good guy, and he clearly believed it, but Linda is a fantasist, and I've, I've met her. She, when I met her, which was a long time ago, she's a very attractive woman. People would believe everything she said, but it was all, to my mind, it was all fantasy. This um, was the woman who was abducted, what, on the Brooklyn Bridge? Brooklyn Bridge abduction, yes. Sure. I mean, she, she's a drama queen, and there was just any amount of this stuff, which came through various uh, unseen people who were called, I, I don't know, Jim and Dick and Peter and so on, supplied letters and tape recordings came to Bud Hopkins, uh, spelling out. You know, uh, back- the head of the UN, Paris to, uh, what's his name? Paris uh, that's right. That's right. But he, he, he was involved. But, uh, I mean, okay, certain people you really shouldn't believe. There's um, Robert Dean. I don't know if you know him. He used to appear at uh, various uh, UFO conferences in Nevada and uh, probably still does for all I know. He he claimed that when he was working at uh, NATO headquarters in Belgium, uh, there had been the this huge dossier which had somehow landed on his desk, which was ultra top secret or cosmic top secret, which is called the right. assessment. Which and he lived right so across the street from uh, Wendell Stevens. Wendell Stevens wouldn't believe a word he said. Uh, Darrell Wendell, he's a great storyteller. I used to tape record and listen to lots of his stories. And then, you know, I began to think, uh, you really shouldn't believe this. And in particular, we have got Billy Meyer. I wouldn't believe a word of that. That's a complete scam, a complete hoax. While we're at it, there's also George Adamski. We're going back a bit here. And you could add to him, there are probably at least 50 contactees, most of whom the names are forgotten, like Truman Bethurum and, uh, oh, goodness. Fry. I can't remember them all. Daniel Fry, Truman Bethram, sure. Holy That's Holy. right. Uh, all of this stuff goes in my George seven- Van Tassel. <laughs> ah, yes. George Van Tassel, Howard Menger. I knew Howard Menger. You did? And he was a curious kind of guy. I remember, and I've told the story on the PowerCast before, but I'll acquaint you with it. We don't have much time left. Where Jim Mosley and I met Howard Menger, this is in mid to late 60s, at yeah. a diner in New York City across from 303 Fifth Avenue, where Jim had offices at the time. And Menger was suggesting that maybe his experiences were about government disinformation. At the same time, if you look at some of his paintings of UFOs, he copped the UFO at the end of the movie Day the Earth Stood Still. So there you go with Howard Menger. I mean, yeah, we know about the old-time contactees. I'm more interested in discussing the fakers from the current lot. Let Let me give you one more. How about Whitley Strieber? And uh, I like Whitley. He's a great guy. He's good company. But he uh, he studied the subject for time, and he then wrote a book, which is called Communion, a true story. Well, that's where we have the alien gray image. 
<laughs> Absolutely right. He went into it in great detail. He interviewed lots of claimed abductees, and then he had his own story of being an abductee. I was at a UFO conference in Australia once, and Whitley was there and his wife, Anne, and I talked to both of them at great length. And um, I said to Anne, because uh, I'd recently read Communion, and I said, it must be quite terrifying for you living with Whitley in that cabin up in the woods in upstate New York near Accord, which is, um, <laughs> uh, I said, with the security lights going on and off and uh, little critters occasionally appearing in the, in the half-light in the bedroom and uh, the terrible threat that uh, one could get abducted and anally probed at almost any moment. And, uh, <laughs> She laughed, she laughed, she laughed, and uh, said, oh, that's all in Whitley's head. So I rest my Ouch. case. Whoa, that does it right there. By the way, folks, I think you know that we've invited Whitley Strieber to come on the Paracast to answer questions. More than once, Gene. Yes, and a couple of times he said yes, and then he said no. And the last time we talked with him, and it wasn't just an email, I met him, at this international UFO conference near Scottsdale, Arizona. And I said, why don't you come on? And he says, aren't you a skeptical radio show? And I said in response, you know what? We'll ask hard questions. And certainly we expect you to get on there and answer them. We're not come trying on, to dude, be rude or anything. In the kitchen. What'd you say? It's hot in the kitchen. It sure is. But if you've got your facts at your beck and call, and if it's all honest, well, you get up there and you tell us. That's right. But obviously, after listening to this, I can guarantee Whitley Strieber will join a few people out there who will never come on the Paracast. We'll invite them. I mean, as I said, we'd have Linda Moulton Howe on here if she's willing to answer the hard questions, if she believes in what she says, and she feels that she can prove that her evidence has some authenticity, we'd give her a chance. But as I said, she has not responded to my last email to her. So I don't we expect it's going to happen. We should get Stephen Greer on. Again? <laughs> get what? Stephen Greer, we had him on What's a few years crap? ago, and I think he was about to go off the deep end. He was getting a little bit angry and ornery at one of the questions we asked him. And I got the deep impression that if he wants to go on a radio show, he would choose one other than the Paracast to be on. You know, that's just a reaction. Have I got time for one little Stephen Greer story? And it has to be about one minute long. All right, one minute long. Okay, Steve Greer came with his, his cohorts, his paid-up uh, members of C-SETI, to Gulf Breeze. This is probably back in 1991. And he, you know, a great fanfare. And he told everyone, the UFOs are going to be uh, appearing at Shoreline Park, which is where everyone went to look for UFOs, um, at exactly 8 o'clock tonight. Be there. And uh, I have a friend called Andy who's from Houston, Texas, and he happened to be in Gulf Breeze. He wasn't part of the Steve Greer group. So he went along to see what was going to happen at 8 o'clock. Huge excitement. Well, sure enough, at 8 o'clock, and you've got a credit career for this, three UFOs, these are balls of light, um, completely silent, appeared up in the sky in triangular formation, an equilateral triangle of these balls of light, and they flew slowly across uh, in the direction of the observers. And um, people were getting very, very excited. And Stephen Greer had a loud hailer or something, and he was telling people, right, they are here. 
I think they're going to land. Are you guys ready? You know, this is rather like Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Are you ready? I think they'd all done protocols for taking off and going to whatever planet these guys come from. When they got overhead, Stephen Gray was saying, oh, my God, it's a structured craft. It's a structured craft. And my friend Andy, who was looking through binoculars, said, well, this is impressive, but it definitely wasn't a structured craft. And you uh, know what? We're definitely out of time. I can't take it any further, except that we're going to have you back in the near future. Oh, we'll, George, we'll man, get... we're just getting started. This is oh, great. Yes. This is fun. And I know there are lots of other people that we can upset. Just very quickly, do you have a website or someplace we can check out your stuff? No, I, I ought to put a website together, but I, I could send you a little more stuff. Uh, I read an, uh, an article last year called U.S. Ufology's Alien Zoo. and um, That's perfect. We'll look forward. Maybe we'll post it in our forums. Chris O'Brien can be found at OurStrangePlanet.com. That's OurStrangePlanet.com. His book is Stalking the Herd, his latest book. If you right. buy it from him, he gets all the profit. And he also signs it for you. You can check us out on Twitter, where we're known as The Paracast. It's The Paracast on Twitter. Check out The Paracast Fan Club on Facebook. And check out our main web portal, theparacast.com, where you can download every single episode of the show. George Wingfield, thank you for joining us on The Paracast. I was delighted to be on. Thank you very much. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast. <laughs>